Welcome back to Illini Weekly. I'm Joey Wagner, a sports reporter at the Decatur Herald Review. We're with Mark Tupper, executive sports editor at the Herald Review. Saturday, Illini basketball in Chicago. That's going to be an incredibly fun game for just a variety of reasons. A, the Illini are coming off of a nice big win over Longwood, which level of competition, sure, but there's some signs there that, that I think can carry over. And Lou Henson's going to be honored. Mark, you got a chance to talk with Lou, I believe, and visit with him a little bit. I mean, what is the vibe going into this game on Saturday? Um, well, and the other thing is New Mexico State's good. Yeah. And so um, the level of competition goes up now. That Longwood game was the last of those games where you can just kind of go and ha, 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 and it's, you know, <laughs> it's a big laugh. Um, um, I think because Lou coached at both schools, New Mexico State and Illinois, because he took both schools to the Final Four, which is unusual, because he's the winningest coach at each school, because each school has named their court Lou Henson Court, you know, it's a, it's a natural game for a guy who's going to turn 86 years old in January and who's had a rough, rough time health-wise since uh, 12 or 13 years ago when he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma, which is a blood cancer. And um, even in this last year, Lou's been in the hospital with infections. He fell outside his home, laid on the ground for a couple of hours before they found him and had broken his back. He, he had uh, two diseases that ended up creating a hole in his lung uh, so it's a little difficult for him to talk right now. And although he, he, I talked to him the other day, and he, he did well, but he's raspy. Um, Lou's always had his detractors because he didn't win more Big Ten championships while at Illinois. Um, it was an unbelievable period when he was there in terms of the coaches in the league. Bob Knight was, was in his heyday. Um, Gene Cady was at uh, Purdue. Uh, Judd Heathcote was at Michigan State. There were some big-time coaches in the league, um, and yet Lou still won well over 400 games and got Illinois to the Final Four. Um, but even his even his biggest detractors, unless they're just being mean-spirited, would have to look at him these last 12 years since his diagnosis and say, wow, that guy is someone to look up to. I, I have never seen anybody fight harder um, he's had every reason to just give up. He has no immune system. Um, he's had to go for all kinds of transfusions and chemotherapy treatments um, at the Anderson uh, Cancer Care Clinic in Houston. Uh, he's done a number of them at Carl and Champaign. He's been knocked down and knocked down and knocked down, and he keeps getting up. And, you know, I mean... It, it's. Uh, I think those of us who have witnessed this, pe many people in the community and in the and in the university community, the Champaign-Urbana community, where he still maintains a home, and in the university community, look at him and say, you know, this is a guy who stayed loyal to the University of Illinois, even though um, he probably didn't go out all entirely on his terms when he when he stepped aside in '96, uh, and then he resurfaced as head coach at New Mexico State, a second tenure there, got them into the NCAA tournament again, and was there until his diagnosis. Um, people look at him and say, you know, this is the way a guy should conduct his life. This is the dignity with which a guy should conduct his life, and and this, the positive spirit about it. Um, he's really touched a, an unbelievable number of people. I was talking to a guy last night, you might know Chad Dare, 
Uh, Chad is a reporter for the Danville Commercial News, and I've known Chad for a long time. He's c- covered Illinois games with me. Uh, but prior to coming to Danville, Chad, Chad, who's from Moline, went to New Mexico to work for a paper there. Yeah. And he got there, and then one of the first things he did is the first thing a lot of us do when you get to a new place, you write a column that sort of introduces yourself right. to the readership. And he wrote a column and said, you know, I'm from the state of Illinois, and I'm glad to be out here, and I'm going to be covering things. I don't know. I never read the column. But the next day, Lou Henson called and said, now, Chad, Mary and I would like for you to be at our home for dinner tonight. And... <laughs> And I said, did you go? Oh, yeah. He went over there. Lou had barbecue catered in. He had another guy there. And and uh, that is so typical of the kind of things Lou has done. I, I can tell you stories about people whose uh, mother may have died, and Lou and Mary just showed up at the funeral home and put their arms around you and gave you a hug and told you to be strong. Um, when I was up for the sports editor's job many, 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 many years ago at the Herald and Review, I, I had mentioned to Lou one time that, yeah, I'm thinking about it, you know, and, and Lou was like, well, take it. you got to take it. And I was like, well, I don't know. So Lou had a book out at the time called Lou Henson, Winning at Illinois. And um, I, I think I may have already had a copy of the book, but Lou had boxes of these books he was he was giving away to anybody and everybody. So he he wrote inside the book, um, you will do a great job uh, as the sports editor in Decatur uh, for many, many years. And it was it was a, an uplifting, kind of a confidence-affirming message, you know. Maybe not a huge deal. I don't I don't know that it... It's just, I th- it affected me that, why would this guy take the time to do that, right. you know? And he, just, he does that with everybody. And he's done that with everybody in New Mexico, too. Um, the only thing against Lou, and I always bring this up to him because it's funny, we were covering the John Hancock Bowl um, a number of years ago in El Paso. And El Paso's not far from Las Cruces. And um, Lou called um, and said, hey... Uh, how many how many sports writers from Illinois are covering that game? And I said, I think Lou, there's like there might be like eight or nine or ten of us, you know, something like that. And Lou said, Well, now listen, I want you guys to go for dinner at this place in Las Cruces. It's it's a Mexican place. It's the best Mexican food you'll ever have in your life. And here's the name of it, and here's the address. And um, I've made a reservation for Monday night or Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it was. And um, and you guys need to go. And uh, I said, okay. So I told everybody, rounded everybody up, piled them into a couple vehicles. We drove there. It was like 45 minutes was, was my recollection of it. And Lou had made arrangements. He had given him his credit card number, and he was going to buy dinner for everybody. Well, we got there, and they were closed that night. That's the one <laughs> night of the week they were closed. And, and so I get back to the hotel, and I said, Lou said, did you go to dinner? And I said, oh, we did, Lou. I said, what a beautiful-looking place. I said, it would have been nice if we could have gone inside. <laughs> but it, that's the night of the week that they're closed. Oh, Lou was like, oh, my goodness. And he said, I, I gave him my credit card information. I was going to buy dinner for everybody. I said, Lou, that's the oldest prank in the book. You know, you're going to get credit for buying dinner for everybody without actually buying dinner. So he laughs about that story all the time. But um, he's just a great, great guy. And, um, and, and he'll be 86 in January. And um, when I saw him this week, I thought, man, you know, you can see that it's been a tough year on him. You know, he's slowed a little bit. He's using a walker, and um, but he's great spirits. 
loves to be in any social situation where people will talk to him, and he loves to talk, and his memory's fantastic, and he can, I mean, he's a great storyteller, get into, you know, stories, what happened here, what happened there, and, um, so anyhow, um, that's a way too long-winded answer. To no, that was question. fun. I... But um, Lou's a, a good guy, and it'll be fun to see him honored on Saturday night. I thought it was really, you, you have a couple pictures in your story that's going to run Friday morning in the Herald Review, and he's kind of looking ahead a little bit, and you have pictures of him talking to Mark Smith and talking to T. John Lucas, I believe, was the other one in the photo. What was, I mean, did those kids, did they gravitate towards him? Was there like an enigma I, I he I think something was said, um, in all honesty. Uh, Lou came out and wanted to watch some of practice. And with every head coach that's followed Lou, Lon Kruger, Bill Self, Bruce Weber, John Gross, Brad Underwood, they have all respected who Lou was and who he is. And they've all accommodated Lou. And Lou has reached out to all of them, stayed in touch with all of them, come around, uh, shared some conversations, but never gotten in the way. But when he wants to come to practice, he's always welcome to right. practice. And so they knew Lou, Lou was coming. Brad knew Lou was going to be there. And I think he told the players, he said, you know, hey, Lou Henson's out there. Here's who this guy is, for those of you who don't know. He says, take a minute and go over and introduce yourself and, and sit down and have a word or two with him. It mean a lot to him. And uh, it was not only those two. Those two... I saw because then they, they dismissed to go in to watch a little bit of film. But then when they came back out after I had left, I understand that a number of other players and assistant coaches sat down with Lou one at a time and had a little audience with him, and he was just beaming. He just loved it, as he did when he went to Eastern Illinois uh, to watch the exhibition game. He was there right. and was introduced, and you know Tommy Michael, his ex-players, the AD there, and Josh Whitman, and, and, and everybody, they gave him a big standing ovation. and. You can tell that means a lot to him. He's a um, he's that that kind of attention was was really cool. But to see Mark Smith, just listen to him. You know, I don't I don't know what was said. Yeah. You know, I, I know Lou. He probably said something, you know, positive. I'm sure he yeah. did. You know, he says, hey, you know, you know, you just freshman year's hard, and you just got to keep fighting. And he probably said the to Tijon, you know, you got to just uh, take care of that basketball. And you know, I don't know. You know, that yeah. kind of stuff. And. But you can see it in their faces. Yeah, you can see it. I mean, they they're were, sitting they, with a living legend. There could have been fireworks to their left, and I don't think they would have noticed. I mean, they were, they were so entrenched in that conversation. Um, let's talk a little bit about Longwood. It was, a, as you mentioned, a game. It was a breeze game. And, you know, Illinois should have won that. They did. But the offensive rebounding, I think you can circle about four or five times. I mean, they had 27 offensive rebounds without LeRon Black, without Kipper Nichols, and their guards got in there and did some dirty work. And A lot. I think that's... You know, you're not going to be able to do that against some of these bigger trees you're going to run into in the conference no. and in some of these more difficult non-conference schedules. But to display that, what what were some of the big things? Trent Frazier is a guy who, who's coming on very strong. What are some of the things that we can reasonably take away from that and, and carry as the season moves I, I thought the biggest takeaway from the game was the way they shared the basketball. Um, I think they're understanding the offense better all the time. And um, they're understanding that, um, you know, to to... to pass up a good shot in order to get a really good shot is worth an extra pass to reverse the ball to swing that defense from side to side and get them out of position you know Brad said an interesting thing the other day he said I like to score in the first seven seconds or in the last yeah. few seconds I don't like those shots in the middle because unless they're layup because I want to give the defense a chance to make a mistake and um and we should be able to move the ball quickly enough to get a good shot at the end of a shot clock. And um, 
So that that was kind of interesting. They shared the ball. They had a lot of assists, um, but they also I thought they set a tone for just moving. Everybody was moving, and and that's one of the reasons they got so many offensive rebounds. You know, Aaron Jordan got a bunch, and and really uh, everybody did. They, as you said, they didn't have their two best rebounders. So that was really significant. And then Trent Frazier, you can just see having more confidence. The difference between Trent Frazier and Tijon Lucas is that Trent, Trent Frazier is a threat from three. And so defenses have to come out on him a little bit better. I think it changes the dynamic there. Um, to Tijon's credit, he did a great job rebounding um, and uh, and distributing the ball. And um, so the way I look at that point guard position, they're going to rotate uh, no matter what. There's just you know they're they, the way the pace they play at, you're going to get tired. So guys, it's it's not like someone's going to be in in danger of going to the bench forever. Right. You're going to play. It may be a matter of who's getting a few more minutes and who's in there at the end. Right. And right now, he's he seems to be leaning a little bit towards Trent. Well, and to Tijon, as you mentioned, Tijon's credit to get that good second pass, you've got to have a good first pass. And he doesn't. It does, <laughs> and those first passes don't show up in the box score. But he does a very good job of, of moving it and reversing it, getting that first pass that sets the second pass that gets the assist. I think that's what he does well. But Frazier struggled to shoot early, and you can see his offensive game starting to really. Game by game, it's stepping up and developing, and Illinois needed another, you know, they still do. They need, he's not the surefire answer yet. I mean, you've got your two bigs who you know what you're going to get, and you can get what you can get from Tijon Lucas, or I'm sorry, Trent Frazier, and the ability to stretch the floor, that changes the dynamic. And a folk hero emerged last night in Matik Vasile. Am I pronouncing his name right? It's close enough. He he got a standing O. I mean, they... Yeah, I mean, he's, he's really... That guy has, has been presented with an awful lot here. He's from another country. He didn't wasn't here in the summer to begin his conditioning because he was playing with their national team. He's um, <clears throat> he's adjusting to life away from home. He's adjusting to a kind of basketball he's never seen played before. Um, so he's in over his head with a little bit of that. And <clears throat> not only did he go through a real physical awakening with the um, conditioning program they put him through before the season began, they have continued to just crush him in the weight room. And it's not often that you see a, um, a guy who they've decided, we need to change his body during the season. So I was there on a, one of those Sunday games, and one of the coaches said, you know, I was talking about Matisse. I was just saying, you know, what are you seeing from him? And he said, you know, he says, I'm just sitting there watching him. And he says he can barely lift his hands over his head because Adam Fletcher killed him in the weight room today. And he said very few guys are going through what he's going through. It's just physically demanding. And, you know, it's also he's 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 learning how to be a college student and all that other yeah. stuff. So um, I know one thing. He can shoot the ball. He's a little bit afraid to right now, and he got all nervous at the free throw line. He never misses free throws in practice, but he, I think he was 0 for 4 the other night. But uh, people were rooting for him. You don't. It's the kind of rooting that people usually do for the walk-on guy yeah. who gets in at the end of a of a runaway, you know. And uh, but this is a scholarship player who, you know, I don't know how much he'll help him this year, but I think down the road he will. Yeah. Um, we'll backtrack to that incredibly late UNLV game real quick here and. A lot of people uh, kind of kind of were on the Homer bandwagon with, with some of the calls. There's a lot of fouls, and that that ticked Brad Underwood off quite a bit. Not not the you know the fact that that they happened at UNLV, but the fact that fouls happened that his team committed these fouls, and, and in some senses, a silly foul. Backcourt fouls drive him 
up a wall, from what I understand, and they cut back on that quite well, a bit against Longwood. He, his explanation of backcourt fouls certainly makes sense. If we, f- he, he said, if we foul in the backcourt, <clears throat> we don't allow the team an opportunity to play against our defense and make mistakes against our defense. And because they got in a bonus right away, it immediately sent them parading to the free throw line, which is why they shot 48 free throws. And that makes sense. You know, you don't want, if if your defense, your defense is ahead of your offense right now. And if if your defense is going to force turnovers, they've got to run offense against it. That's when it'll happen. And and so that really annoyed the heck out of him. Uh, A lot of slapping, a lot of uh, late um, blocking calls and things like that. Um, Some charges. So he was really upset about that. And, and, I mean, let's face it, that's, that's a ridiculous number of fouls. That's a lot. You're not going to win that a game when you, when you foul no, 36 and, times. And you've got to – some of us can be come back to the freshman, but you, you want to be aggressive early. But if they're calling them, then you've got to not be as aggressive in the backcourt. I mean, that, that's part of it. I mean, it's good no, to that's be – right. That's but right. But if they're calling them, you've got, you got to know how the game's being officiated. Saturday, I believe Saturday, Friday? New Mexico State. Mexico State Saturday, 7 o'clock. United Center, and then a full week off before the Bragg and Rights game against Missouri on the 23rd in St. Louis, Zach also Lofton. at 7 o'clock. Zach Lofton, a guard to Zach look Lofton, New Mexico State guard, playing for his fifth college. That's crazy. Started in junior college, transferred to Illinois State, played there one season, transferred to Minnesota, got kicked off the team in one of those deals that they had, remember when yeah. they had off-court problems? Yeah. Never played a game. Then went to, I forget, is it Texas Southern maybe? And now is a fifth-year grad transfer to New Mexico State. He's He was the WAC player of the year last year. Um, and now joining this program, um, he, he's averaging just under 20, 19 point something. Yeah. And Brad said it looks to, looks to him like he'll have a chance to uh, maybe get an opportunity in the NBA. 6'4 guard, really talented. So... You know, you're going to go against a caliber of player that's uh, above that what you've seen. I don't know they've seen that yet, right? I mean, Maryland came pretty darn close, I think. Well, Maryland with uh, uh, Cowan was yeah, really good. He was really, really good. And then um, Bryant McIntosh with Northwestern is pretty good. But this kid's um, this really is, good, athletic, and jump over you. It'll be a fun game. Emotional game, a fun game. Uh, then the game they need to win. They need to win that, yeah. Yep. They, especially going in, you want to take a couple games into Bragg and That's going to be a battle. Uh, December 20th, football early signing day keep you updated with what we know. Illinois has been getting a lot of visits in. They've been getting a lot of visits in. They've been getting some commitments. Um, I think they're going to get some more. Trying to have a strong finish. They did last year. And then we'll see. I know Lovey is really, really likes the early signing opportunity. You know, when when um, when you're a program like they are right now, you know, you're not Alabama. Um, you're worried about some of these verbal commitments as other schools realize, wow, that kid's pretty good, you know. We, maybe we need to go back and Take a, you know, reevaluate and try to break out senior kid. years can do that. And you know, as Lovey says, you know, these are all engagements, not marriages, <laughs> until until they sign. So um, he loves the opportunity of getting some of them locked in early. I think the biggest thing is not necessarily the new commits, but the reaff- reaffirm the commits reaffirming that we're coming to Champaign. I think that's the biggest thing. Is once these hey, once people start calling you, it's hard to tell them no, especially when they're big schools. And then we'll get. find out also whether there's any coaching staff changes. A lot of teams. Um, May have an assistant coach who's leaving, right. but they have an agreement with them to stay through signing through the early signing period at like least, that, yeah, because they've been involved with this. So we'll find out if there's. I any know it'll be an interesting week. Saturday will be fun. <coughs> a week from Saturday will be very very fun in St. Louis. That's a that'd be great. Get that back on the. And track. you're going. 
I'm going. I think I don't know if we're going to carpool, but we're going to be there. We're going to see what it's like. It'll be. I think it'll be a lot different than it has been in years past. It'll be it's great. It'll be a good time. So we will see you guys next week with a little preview of of the Bragging Rights game. We'll revisit this game and hopefully we'll know more about Illinois football. Great. Take care.